This is Agents Influence Podcast. When we work with organizations on this year-long journey, there are only two goals. One is to become the employer of choice, and one is to become the vendor of choice. And then I say, but. (laughs) But your goal should be the employer of choice, and believe it or not, you will become the vendor of choice. We've proven without a shadow of a doubt that the more engaged our employees are internally, the better the experience externally. And so I tell people, why not focus internally to better the customer experience? I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Hello, hello, all you loyal listeners. All right, all right, all right. So here's what I got to tell you, loyal listeners. I have a good one for you today. Um, An old friend. uh, I guess I I take that too much to say old friend. Like old meaning, Jeff. You No, Jeff, you and I as like having time together, right? I like that. 2014, 2015, when I first saw you, we got together. We've had a podcast before. Um, it's been, it's really, really great. And I, uh, and I appreciate you coming back on. You came to the mastermind and you saw the mastermind members, uh, which that was great. Uh, you talked to us for about 45 minutes and I'm, that's why I'm looking forward to this, to try to expand that so that more people can hear about you, Jeff. You know, so nice to be here, Jason, again. And yes, with this gray hair, you can call me old. It's okay. Compared to you, I am. So, (laughs) and, and I'll be there one day, you know what I mean? So Nobody escapes it and nobody gets out alive. So it looks so. like you're just pulling your hair out. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It really is true. Before I do get on, I want to remind everybody that you might be listening this to um, listening to this on the um, it might be listening to the, the Insurance Podcast Network. So dot com. So it's the agents or it's Agency Intelligence Podcast Network. Um, that's where you may be listening to some of this stuff. Uh, sometimes you can go to the individual podcaster, um, but be sure to subscribe to Agency Intelligence because literally what we do is we deliver that stuff directly to you inside that one feed. And if you choose to only listen to someone one day, then that's what you can do and just skip past it those other days. But it's really important that you subscribe uh, to Agency Intelligence uh, feed, whether that be on on Apple, whether it be on Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. So please remember that. I've created this to try and aggregate it. And it's working so far. So many of you loyal listeners are reaching out to me or to the other hosts saying, hey, I'm glad I found you. And there's so many more that we need to bring in. And you're going to see we've got a new one coming in here in the next month or two. I'll hold it back. And actually, by the time that this thing's actually being recorded and played, I should say, um, it's probably um, already been out there. But we did go get another female. So I wanted to let you know that, loyal listeners. Let's get on with Jeff Tobe. Jeff Tobe, how are you doing, sir? I am fantastic. I apologize. Coming to you from an airport, that's a story of my life. <laughs> so Which I airport are you in? I'm an MSP. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's on my way through. Good pl- good time to fly through there. Flying through there in the winter is a nightmare. You know what I mean? <laughs> I if I ever see, I have, if I'm flying Delta and I have a connection between Minneapolis or, you know, Atlanta or some of the other hubs, 
Oh, man, I, and if it's in the winter, I'm not going up there, but in Minneapolis. I love exactly. that. It's a beautiful place up there. Um, so, Jeff, let's get on with this. Are you an iPhone or you a Droid user? Am I an I, I'm an iPhone user. You are an iPhone I am. user. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I thought you liked things that work, but that's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's yeah. a question we like to ask. And what's the last app you downloaded, Jeff? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, wait, I forget. I just downloaded one, actually. Um, oh my gosh, I wasn't ready for this question. That's okay. okay. So let me see. Makes Last one. Um, oh, it's called Art to Vive. A R T I V I V E. Let me explain quickly. I was in Asheville, North Carolina. Went to a an art gallery, and they said you have to download this um, app to look at the artwork, and it will come alive. I said, "What are you talking about? It's beautiful artwork by itself." They said, "No, try it." So I downloaded this app, and and I watched as Every single painting that this one painter did came alive. I mean, the waterfalls were waterfalling and the oh. water was rippling and there were ducks going across. It's the future of art. It's interactive artwork. It was fantastic. So it's called Now, art. was the art, was that, let me ask you this, Jeff. Jeff, was the art made that way and painted yes. that way or no. could you just do it with any art? No. So the, the artist actually paints a picture and then they actually create on the app the the moving parts the augmented so can, reality yeah, kind of exactly it. Yeah. and yeah. that's where i see the future of artwork it's very interesting wow yeah that is phenomenal you know i've said before jeff i've said this that when you see ai being able to read and to be able to analyze there's a story out there about watson making a dinner for for 30 individuals this was for, per the state department i got this from daniel burris anybody wants to listen to that podcast it's fantastic it's a futurist and the thing is is that it made a meal that no one had ever created before and it had read 25,000 cookbooks and it read everything there was on taste and smell in literal under five seconds, I think is what he said. And so then it was able to create this meal while given all this stuff. And, and, and they think that it could create another million meals that have never been created before. So let's take out the meals and let's put in artwork. Yep. How much exactly. art is not yet out there that's not been conceived because you've got to take brains of three, four, five hundred years ago and bring those forward to mix those two with the art that we have now. It's unbelievable they, what's going to come. Yeah. Well, and why are so many people afraid of this? I mean, believe me, there are chefs that are shivering in their shoes right now about that. There are artists who are saying, oh, my gosh, art is such an individual thing. I think we should be excited about it. Look, Absolutely. you know, I, I talk about coloring outside the lines. That's the future. And how do we just leverage that? Uh, it, mm -hmm. It's still, it's still going to miss that human component. So somehow we need to leverage it. I haven't figured it out yet, but when I do, we'll make a fortune, Jason. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Uh, I love to win. <laughs> so Love it. Me too. Yeah. Me too. No doubt. Two things in the world got you to where you are. Last question before we get to relate to you. Two yep. things in the world got you to where you are. That's what we say here. Skill or luck. Which one do you think has bigger, been a bigger factor in oh your life? Oh, my gosh, because I always say that they, it's a combination of both. I really it, do. I think that is. I'm skilled at what I do, but I think I needed luck in a lot of places. And what got 51%, Jeff? Well, I think, I think luck. Only because I had some mentors in my life at the beginning that shouldn't have been in my life. I just... I don't know. I guess I have what's called chutzpah, right? Nerve. And I went out of my way to ask them to mentor me, and it, it helped me tremendously in my career. 
Somebody who's looking, please listen to what Jeff just said. I am instructing uh, and coaching two 22-year-olds in my office right now. And it's something that I told them. I said, go to the executive director of the chamber. Call them to he or she and say, hey, I want to have lunch with you. I'm 22 years old. All I want is an hour of your time. I'll even pay for the lunch. And I just want to pick your brain of how you became so successful right? Well, how, what were some of the secrets? What are the things we shouldn't do? And there's so much that can be learned in that, but so much that's engaged on both sides for someone in the community to see somebody taking initiative in business or building their network. And I think that becomes a really good back and forth thing. And it also allows you to maybe say, who else could I contact with? Absolutely. Right. I, and then creating those centers of influence yeah. are huge. I got to tell you my story quickly. I was at an Come event on. and I think I was the like the opening act, so to speak. You know, I'm a professional speaker and trainer. Correct. And, actor. and I was the opening act for a guy named Zig Ziglar. And of course, you've heard of Zig Ziglar, greatest motivational speaker in the world. And um, I went up to him after we had spoken. We were at a little event and I said, Mr. Ziglar, I said, I, I would love to just pick your brain. Exactly. One hour. Could I get an hour of your time? He looked at me and he said, JF, because apparently in the South, my name has two syllables. He said, JF, I'm afraid I don't have time. I was heartbroken. So I walked away. I said, thank you so much. I just, it couldn't hurt to ask. I walk away. Not seven minutes later, I feel a tap on my shoulder. I turn around. It's him. He goes, I don't know what I was thinking. One hour, you got it. <laughs> and I got to tell you something. In that hour, he taught me things that, that just have lasted with me all my life. Was mm. he a mentor? No, it was one hour. I never mm. talked. I did talk to him again. That's another story. But I really didn't talk to him in that capacity ever again. But it helped launch my career. Man, that's so awesome. So, so much to learn from that. Any agents out there, new or older in the business. Jeff, three minutes, four minutes. Take us back to college, diapers, wherever you want. And bring us forward to where you are now. All right. Uh, the, the quick version is that you'll notice by the way I talk, I'm a Canadian. Um, I defected to the States, as my dad used to say, almost 30 years ago. And uh, I started my own marketing and advertising firm. Uh, about 10 years into that, I was in Dallas, Texas. I sold the firm to one of my employees and I started speaking full time, uh, wow. fell, in, fell into the speaking business. That's 29 years ago. And since then, have developed a, um, a training company as well. So now we are training organizations. We take them through a one-year uh, customer experience journey to make them the vendor of choice and the employer of choice. And to me, that is the key. So I'm also, little plug, I have a new book at the editors as we speak. Um, it's called The CX Edge, CX being customer experience, uh, critical questions to ask yourself about customer experience. So I'm Ooh. very excited about that book. It'll be out in the fall. Sounds good. That actually sounds good. So let's talk about, so you have the first book, which was Coloring Outside the Lines. And that's where I met Jeff. I saw him speak. I read his book. It was very eye-opening to me. And one of the things that Jeff says, loyal listeners, which is um, and you, it's a, you need to color outside the lines, just don't go off the page. Right. It's how far is too far is where we're at, right? Those are the helps totally. you with those questions, right? Don't exactly. go that far, but at least do this. Right. Where? Let me ask you this. I never asked you this before, Jeff. What was the moment in time that this coloring outside the lines what was that epiphany that you said, that's what people need to do is get outside the lines? What yeah. was that? What was the driving factor in that? Do you remember? Well, yeah. Well, first of all, I got to tell you, it was a poem that my dad gave me when I was 10 years old. I don't know if you remember that story, but 
Yeah, I was a, a terrible student. My dad was not a poet. He had found it. Somebody had given it to him. It was anonymously written. And um, the first line is, coloring outside the lines is scary business. So fast forward, now I start this career as a speaker. And um, I decided, just in honor of my dad, because I use the poem at the end of every one of my talks worldwide, and I decided to call the, the, um, just the presentation Coloring Outside the Lines. I was walking through Detroit Airport. Never forget, I was on the people mover, and a guy was coming the other way. He goes, I know you. You're, you're coloring outside the lines. He didn't know my name. He couldn't remember where he had heard me. And I said, I'm going to do something about that. Um, but the real epiphany, to answer your question, was um, not long after that, actually. I had a woman come up to me in, after I had spoken. I had done a keynote for a large organization, uh, probably about 1,000 people. And she kind of pushed her way to the front. I was selling books at the back, uh, you know, at the front of the room. And she had tears in her eyes. And she said, coloring outside the lines has just given me an excuse. She said, my child has ADHD. And she said, I just got an epiphany during your talk that we need to, we need to accept her as she is and use her strengths. And, and I have to be honest with you, Jason, that's not what I talked about. <laughs> but if that's what she got, I, it gave me shivers. And I thought, you know what? I'm doing the right thing. And we need to focus mm -hmm. on getting people outside their comfort zone to look at personal professional challenges differently than they have before. Wow. Wow. That's good stuff, dude. That's that. That's good stuff. Uh, as you started talking, it came back. Um, I remember hearing some of this, but yeah, that, that was good stuff for you loyal listeners. Um, it, it's that inspiration, right? That can really drive, man, you put inspiration with passion and man, you can, you can do some amazing things. And here you are, Jeff. So let's and talk. About you don't have to be a professional speaker. You know, no. you are a dedicated insurance professional as long as you're passionate, like you say, and you can inspire people. You'll, yeah. you'll be great yeah. in the business. That's exactly right. So let's talk about um, one of the things that you talked about in the mastermind, which I thought was was good. This is the first time I've ever heard this when you talked about customer service, customer experience, and then you talk about this customer excellence. And so it only makes sense once you explain it. But that was the first time that me and the champions had really heard that. And it was pretty good. You want to give a little thought about that? What is your customer experience? What's your method and why the excellence? Um, it wasn't pretty good, Jason. It was awesome. But anyway, I, if I do say so myself, anyway, I'm kidding. But you know what? People have been asking me, what's next? We get customer experience. What's next? And you know what? Mm -hmm. and truthfully, they don't get customer experience. I find most organizations with whom we work just don't get it. So if you don't mind, I'm going to take you through the evolution if I can. Come on, let's do it. Yeah. Customer service, especially in the insurance world, is what I find. And I do so much work with agencies. I have to tell you that, and, and broker dealers, but I have to, what I found, just an outsider looking in, is that so many people offer amazing customer service. That's wonderful. It comes from the heart. What can I do for you? How can I help you? But you know what? It's no longer a differentiating factor in the marketplace. If I talk to your competitors, they're also telling me our product isn't much different. So it's our customer service. So customer service isn't going anywhere. I don't mean to imply that. But customer experience is the ability to step back and ask ourselves, what's my customer's experience from the minute they make contact with us till the minute they're done? That involves so many more people. It's a team effort. And it's that end-to-end -end customer experience. You know, you know, Jason, I talked about touch points as well. You know, those, uh, those moments where uh, we have an opportunity to influence the customer experience. And so mm -hmm. first, the, next, the first step is customer experience. But those organizations, and I can tell you some, uh, Four Seasons Hotels, um, Chick-fil-A, 
there are, are great examples out there. Here's the key. Those organizations that offer, and the key word is consistently wow customer experiences, move to customer excellence. But it's the word consistent. And that's where most organizations fall down. Even if they get mm -hmm. customer experience, they're looking at that end-to-end -end customer experience, they're not consistent. And the bigger you get, the less consistent you are. So it's that consistent wow experience leads you to customer excellence. And I think that's the next step. Right. And it's and so what you just said is 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 so important. You know, when you think about like Amazon and you think about well, why them? Well, they make it consistent and they're big, right? right. Like you said, right. it's harder, almost in almost impossible, not impossible, but very hard to be very consistent. Sometimes in easy, simple transactions. But you can get very detailed things. Um Jeff Bezos is known for saying, if someone ever has to call us, we failed. Right. Yeah. They should have been able to to have that. And that's part of the experience of yeah. being able to be big and then being able to be consistent. Yeah. But let's bring it down, you know, from Amazon to a, a three person insurance operation. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and and so they're sitting there going, well, we're not Amazon and we can offer, you know, we only can go so far because it's our, our um, companies that we deal with when they're settling a claim or we have no control over that. Well, don't tell mm -hmm. me that, right? Why? Because it's not only a wow experience, it's also what I call service recovery. It's also what you do about a problem when it occurs. That could be consistent as well. So I, I encourage organizations to literally, of any size, write a service recovery policy. What happens when this happens? What happens when this happens? So that no matter your size, you're all being consistent with how you handle it. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. Service recovery. I like that. I like that, Jeff. I like that. Um, so, Jeff, I mean, I thought once again, so to, to recap, when the services are being performed throughout the experience, which is the beginning to the end, and it's being done consistently, um, that is when we start to reach customer excellence. And I think some of the consistency, if we build off that, as I've heard you say, and 
When I heard you say this the other day at the champions meeting, I just kind of blew my mind because this is what I've been talking about. Loyal listeners, you know, what is the expectations and the unexpectations of consumers of clients of employees, right? Being able to meet those. Um, and you talk specifically about employees. You talk about many different areas. Yeah. So I'd like to talk about how could this be, how does this make your, are you better as an employer to your employees yeah. other than just the external of our customers or prospects? And then yeah. I'd like to get a couple things that they can do. Yeah. And let me just mention, uh, and not a shameless plug, but it is, I have a book in between the two we've mentioned, and that is called Anticipate, Knowing What Customers Need Before They Do. And so that's a key to what you're talking about. How do we know what our customers need? And I talk about internal and external customers. So in answer to your your question, when I I, I told you that when we work with organizations on this year-long journey, um, there are only two goals. One is to become the employer of choice, and one is to become the vendor of choice. And then I say, but, (laughs) but your goal should be the employer of choice. And believe it or not, you will become the vendor of choice. So why not focus? uh, We've proven without a shadow of a doubt that the more engaged our employees are internally, the better the experience externally. And so I tell people, why not focus internally to better the customer experience? So we've got to get our people engaged at everything they do. How do we do that? Start at a grassroots level. They need to identify their touch points and the opportunity they have to influence the customer experience and then own them and then just ask them, how do we, how do we tweak? How do we make a little better those one or two touch points that you own? And if everybody in the organization did that, imagine what it would do externally. You know, there's a study done by Gallup every year. And last year, it's called the State of the American Workplace. Last year, they determined that only 33% of Americans are engaged in what they do every day. It's pathetic. It means that 67% of our employees are coming to work to get their check. And don't confuse employee satisfaction with employee engagement. They're happy to get their check. They'll even say, I love working here. They're just not engaged. So our goal is how do we, yeah, how do we get them engaged at a grassroots level? Because engagement starts at the bottom and works its way up. It does not start in management and come down. Can you tell I get excited about this stuff, Jason? <laughs> no, you can. And you got my brain. That's why I'm kind of sitting here because I'm kind of thinking to myself, this is, this is, that, that is, that is good stuff. Always pull something out with you, Jeff. That, that, that's good <laughs> stuff because it is, yeah. and it only makes sense that the happier customer is going to make a happy, it's almost like the house, right, Jeff? Happy, happy wife, happy life, you know, you that's know, exactly that, that, right. that kind of, and it's a same kind of thing. Happiness uh, uh, drives a lot, including yep. with our employees. So, yep, so that makes it, that locks it. So it builds internally, builds externally. Yeah, exactly. What's and a couple of things to, that they can do today? You know, I think, first of all, like I say, sit down with your employees, ask them, use the definition um, of a touch point and the opportunity you have to influence the customer experience. Sit down with your employees, no matter the size of the organization, and have them identify, just put it on a flip chart, maybe identify all the touch points they can. Bite your tongue as manager or management and just let them identify. If I come to the office and I can't find a parking spot, touch point. I go to the men's room in your building and it's dirty, touch point. We have hundreds of touch points in any given day. Once they're listed, have people take a break, have people come up and put a check mark beside the top six priority touch points to them in the organization. Six is not a magic number, it can be five or eight. But whatever you choose, 
and then go through each of those that are, are identified and say, who owns, let's say it's the men's room, who owns cleanliness in the men's room? And the maintenance guy says, I do. Okay, what's one thing we could do to change this one little touch point called cleanliness in the men's room? See what I'm saying? So now you've, you've changed eight touch points right there, and, and it starts to change the external experience. So I highly recommend that's where you start with that exercise. It's very simple. And then start to measure it, right? Like you yeah. put somebody in charge of it, whether you're a one or two man shop or a 10 yeah. person shop that has to be managed. And then are those checkpoints being made? That's that part of that consistency. And, you know? yeah, I was just going to say, and make sure it's consistently in this case, clean. <laughs> it's consistently that it's not just a one-time thing. Customer experience is not a one-time event. It's an ongoing journey. <laughs> One of the things I like my one of my mentors, Billy Williams, uh, he says that, Jason, there's four types of discipline. And I think about it here. He said you have self-accountability, then you have accountability with somebody else, then you have technology and outsourcing. I always think that that's interesting the way he says that. And you can look at that in a way like when you're talking about how to measure it, right? Like, like yeah. what is, I mean, can I, should I be accountable for this? Is there somebody in the office that should be accountable between two people? Is this something we should turn into technology and automation, right? So that we stay consistent and it says the same that. thing. And then the other thing is, is the outsourcing, right? Like if, if we can't hold ourselves accountable, we can't actually do technology. Who can we find maybe outside the organization that we could hire in a VA or an assistant that yeah. can help make sure that that's being done, right? I love that. I love it. But many people are afraid to do that, Jason, that step they of are. losing control to somebody else. Uh, so do your homework. True. That's True. what I said. Yeah. You know, Jeff, I'm going to wrap this up. I think this has been very powerful. Thank you from the, uh, from the uh, airport. Um, I, I love it. I think we packed a lot of nuggets into this. Um, always great to talk to you, Jeff. Always yeah, great. Couple of closing questions. I like to get those other were big questions. I like to know what you're doing on a daily basis. Uh, you know, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. So I know you're a leader, so you must be a reader. What are you reading right now? I'm reading my book, which is no, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> I'm actually reading an excellent book, and it's 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 fairly old, um, but it's called Contented Cows Give Better Milk by Richard Haddon, and it's all about employee engagement. What? Say it again. Contented cows give better milk, and I highly sense. recommend it. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah, it, it's you a hear about some guy. of these farms like taking care of these cows, and I, I used actually used to milk cows. It was one of yeah. my very first jobs ever, and I mean now they're out there massaging the things and putting them in heat, and you know, and I mean that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. a lot of fun. And then you relate it to actual employees. Um, exactly. Uh, Jeff, you're on the, you're traveling. I know it, but at night you want to just kind of veg out. I don't know how you spend your time. Maybe it's on Amazon Prime. Maybe you and your boo catch Hulu. Uh, what are you watching right now? My boo. Okay, that's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Oh, we're watching a great uh, sitcom that I highly recommend. It's called Life in Pieces. They're twenty minute vignettes. It's one family, four different vignettes for twenty minutes, and it's laugh out loud funny. Life in Pieces. I highly recommend it. Life in pieces. Yeah. I love those short ones. Yeah. I do. I get off on those because we're so used to these long ones. And, and yeah. when you're laying in bed at night and you're vegging out to blah, it's so easy to like say, I got 20 more minutes versus it's harder to have a whole hour, right? Exactly. Did you watch Shit's Creek by any chance? No, I did yeah. not actually. 
<laughs> I'm not swearing. That's the name of the town, Schitt's Creek. That and that's, a, that's another one that I loved. We got through the whole thing only because they're Canadians. So, of course, ah. they're to my heart. And it's another yeah, laugh out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. We got some Canadians coming to Brainshare. Uh, oh, this, uh, shame, shameless self-promotion, but it's not because this is my show. Go to AIBrainshare.com if you want to, loyal listeners. Um, I don't know when you're listening to this, but we are probably we're getting close to being at capacity. Uh, so check it out, AIBrainshare.com. Jeff, it. thank you very much for your time. Anything you want to say to wrap up? Just one quick offer. If people are interested, coloring outside the lines, if you're interested in the book, I am glad to send the PDF of the book. It's not Kindle version. It's just a PDF for free. All you got to do is uh, in the subject line, you've got to put free book. In the text, you've got to say where you heard me on Jason's podcast and just send it to Jeff at JeffTobe.com. My name is on the oh. screen. Jeff at JeffTobe.com. Anytime, I'll send you the PDF of Coloring Outside the Lines. Bam. That's awesome. Thank you very much for the offer. Thanks very much for changing our brain. Thanks very much for adding to service, to experience, to customer excellence. Definitely appreciate it. You loyal listeners, I definitely do what I do because I do it for you. I reach out. I tell people to tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Cass. He was Tobe. We're out.